By downloading or listening to this podcast, you are agreeing to Moody's legal terms and conditions found at moody's.com slash disclaimer, including that the information provided is not investment or financial advice, and that Moody's will not be liable for losses arising from your use of the information. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Behind the Bonds, connecting the dots on corporate credit. This is Jeff Prusan in New York City, your host for Episode 5 of Moody's Corporate Finance Group's podcast. On this episode, we're taking a close look at cyber risk, a problem that only seems to worsen as time goes on and technology improves. Consumers and chief executives alike will do whatever they can to protect themselves and their private data from cybercrime, or else risk damage both to finances and reputation. For companies especially, the hazards include ransomware. That's, of course, malicious software that a cyber criminal uses to interfere with the company's operations or cause other damage until the company pays a ransom. But cyber criminals can disrupt activity anywhere in the business cycle, from design to production to delivery. They can steal trade secrets as well. Defending against cybercrime costs companies considerable time and money. But without that preparation, the risks to credit quality can be even greater. Governments in Europe and the U.S. recently warned us about elevated cyber risks stemming from the crisis in Ukraine. A timely reminder that cyber risk is a constant concern today. Moody's recently conducted several surveys with businesses about their own cyber risk preparedness. Later in this discussion, I'll speak with two analysts who studied cyber risk for companies in the business services and the basic commodities industries. First, though, let's turn to my colleague Victoria Knight in London, who spoke with two Moody's analysts who looked at the problem through the lens of the massive healthcare industry. Victoria, thanks for being here today. Thank you, Jeff. The healthcare sector consistently ranks amongst those most targeted by cybercriminals, and the frequency, severity and financial damage caused by these attacks is increasing. Hospitals are especially vulnerable because of the large amount of sensitive and essential patient data they hold, while medical device manufacturers and pharmaceutical companies are at risk from operational disruptions and data breaches. The findings of Moody's Healthcare Survey indicate that cyber risk preparedness is moderate overall within the healthcare industry and tends to be better at larger organisations, with some differences by geography and subsector. Joining me to discuss this are Matt Cahill from the US Public Finance Team and Marie Fisher Sabatier from the Corporates Team. Matt and Marie, hello and welcome to the podcast. Hello, Victoria. I'm very happy to be here today. Hi, Victoria. Thanks for having us. Great. So, firstly, Matt, can you tell us a bit about the survey and why you carried it out? Thanks, Victoria. As I'm sure you're aware, cyber risks are rising in the industry, and unfortunately, there are limited public disclosures in this area. So gathering this information helps us better understand how companies are managing ongoing cyber risk. Our survey covered three main areas. So the first is risk governance, which covers issues like how many board members have cyber expertise? The second area we looked at is operational risk management. And this area covers the day-to-day activity within the cybersecurity team and the types of practices that these teams are adapting for risk mitigation purposes. So that's where you might see disclosure on more advanced cyber systems testing, for example. And lastly, we focused on risk transfer, which is basically the adoption of cyber insurance and cloud technology. So it's a pretty comprehensive survey then. So Matt, what kind of responses did you get? So this was certainly a global effort. So I'll start with that caveat here. And we received survey responses from 64 healthcare organizations that Moody's rates. 52 were based in North America and 12 in Europe. 
The survey covered three primary subsectors of the healthcare industry. So we looked at hospitals, pharmaceutical companies, and medical devices. And lastly, we summarized the data from the survey on an aggregated and anonymous basis for the report. This way, we were able to keep information about the individual respondents confidential. Yeah, I was wondering about the latter point, as I'm guessing that this is pretty sensitive information and individual healthcare organisations wouldn't want to get singled out. If I can come to you now, Marie, what are some of the survey's key findings? Well, in general, larger companies and those located in North America had stronger cyber risk mitigation strategies. Now, if we turn to the three primary sectors that we have covered in our report, hospitals and pharma companies have overall similar strengths. And that is the case even though their exposure to cyber risk is very different. Uh, Hospitals tend to be high risk, while pharmaceuticals are only medium risk. And if we now consider our third sector, medical devices, it overall trails behind in terms of preparedness. Now, just one point to add. Our sample of pharma companies is more focused on larger companies, while our sample of medical device companies includes a greater number of smaller companies. And that may also drive, to an extent, their levels of preparedness. Hmm. So that's really interesting. There's a lot going on, clearly. Now, I wonder if we can delve a little bit more into the details for listeners. So, Matt, I wonder how big a factor is governance in the results that you saw? Yeah, that's a great question, Victoria. And interestingly enough, all three sectors reported similar survey results for cybersecurity governance, except for their ability to attract cyber talent to their boards. And we found that hospitals lag significantly in this category. So for some context, about a third of responding hospitals reported some cyber expertise on their board. However, many had none. And as you can imagine, that is a bit concerning. And while there are labor shortages for cyber professionals across all industries, many not-for-profit hospital boards in particular include religious mission-based or physician-based members who may not have the same exposure to cyber expertise. And that could potentially explain the stark variance that we saw between hospitals and the other healthcare subsectors in this category. Yeah, that's a really surprising finding about hospital boards. As you said, it could be down to their slightly different focus. So, Marie, moving on now to cyber practices, what kind of defences are respondents using? Well, if if we start with the basic cyber defence practices, these are widespread across the the three primary sectors that we covered in our report. And these would include, for example, educating employees about cybersecurity risks. Phishing emails is is one uh, common example. Another one is establishing procedures to follow in the event of a security breach. If we now turn to the more advanced practices, that's where we find a difference, with hospitals and pharma companies much more likely than medical device manufacturers to use those more advanced practices. And this would include real-time simulations of cyber attacks to evaluate companies' resilience. Interesting. I'm guessing these efforts require a lot of resources. What kinds of trends are you seeing in spending and hiring? Yes, definitely companies are adding resources. Our survey shows that cyber headcount is growing across the board in the double digits annually. Growth is actually the highest in pharmaceuticals. In that segment, survey respondents forecast that full-time cyber employees will grow by as much as 60% between 2019 and 2022. Now, it's likely that this higher spend also reflects the greater financial needs of the larger pharma companies that are included in our sample. Yeah, wow, it's a really high growth rate in pharma. But as you said, it could be down to the great resources that these companies have at their disposal. That said, though, 
Despite rising investment in cybersecurity, the healthcare sector continues to lag behind other industries, especially banks, which, like hospitals, have high exposure to cyber risk. Why is that? Well, you're right, Victoria. Both banks and hospitals are high risk. But banks have been focused on addressing cybersecurity breaches and adding personnel over a longer period of time, while the healthcare industry has only started to focus on that very recently, on the back of a growing number of cyber attacks. But Matt, maybe you can comment on hospitals. Absolutely. Thanks, Marie. And for hospitals, resources will remain constrained, especially as the ongoing pandemic continues to disrupt volumes and other service lines. And an industry-wide labor shortage will require significant resources for hospitals and potentially impede future spending on things such as cybersecurity. So while investments have been rising in recent years, The question will be, can hospitals continue to spend on cybersecurity at this current pace? Matt and Marie, thank you so much. These were great insights. And now I'm going to hand the mic back over to my colleague, Jeff, who's going to discuss the findings of two other Moody cyber risk surveys, this time on basic industries and business and consumer services. Over to you, Jeff. Victoria, thanks for that look at the broad healthcare sector's ongoing dealings with cybersecurity. Let's turn now to two other sectors dealing with cyber risk, what's going right for them and where they fall short. We'll look at business and consumer services and also basic commodity industries. These are big industrial companies for which cyber-related disruptions can have far-reaching consequences. Farah Zak here joins us from Moody's New York office, and we have Jonathan Reed joining us from Moody's Toronto office. Welcome to you both. Hello. Hey, Jeff. Farah, I wonder if we could start with you. You recently surveyed 43 business and consumer services companies. These are companies that offer heavily digitalized services. Some of this group you classify as IT companies in particular. That was about a third of the companies that you spoke to. What makes them all such a prominent target for cyber criminals, would you say? Certainly, Jeff. So the very nature of the businesses that the companies engage in necessitates the maintenance of large quantities of data. And it's that and the access to that data that makes the sector quite vulnerable to attack. Basically, these are companies that assist other companies or consumers in their daily operations or activities. And it includes IT companies that provide technology or technological expertise. They have a lot of clients' personal information and data. And this includes corporate clients as well as individual consumers. And it's that confidential data that's at risk and so attractive to attackers. Because of cyber risk, companies risk financial losses, franchise impairment, and regulatory consequences. Okay, so companies in the data business really have to stay on their toes. In in your report, you talk about particular cyber risk for business services groups and the subset of IT service groups. Surely the IT companies are the ones that are the least vulnerable to cyber attacks. Well, even for IT services, it really depends on the company's governance and commitment to fighting cybercrime. IT services firms tend to have the best cybersecurity practices of the broad business services group. And our survey revealed that cyber governance in general is stronger at larger business services firms than smaller ones. So, for example, at larger firms, the cybersecurity team reports the board of directors two to four times more than at smaller firms. Cybersecurity experts, though, don't always have the management's ear and may have more trouble persuading them of need. Small companies tend to be highly leveraged, and their owners are often private equity sponsors whose financial policies are different than larger public companies. Okay, so I guess sometimes it's a matter of budget and capital. What would you say companies can do to keep themselves as protected as possible from cyber attack? 
Any business or consumer services company can afford at least some kind of risk mitigation. A lot of companies have the basic risk mitigation measures, and it's the more sophisticated risk mitigation measures and defense practices that not all companies can afford so easily. Cybersecurity budgets are expanding slowly, but surely. There was a surge in cyber risk investment in 2019, and there have been much smaller expansions since then, but still expansions. Basic measures would include things such as simply expanding the cybersecurity team. More advanced techniques become more expensive. One example is so-called red team testing, and that's where the company simulates multi-layered attacks. But not all companies can afford to run these exercises, at least not often. What about regional differences? Did you find that companies in one region might be better prepared than another? Not really, no. Differences aren't regional between the U.S. and Europe or other regions, but we found that readiness mainly reflected in the company's size, that is budget, and credit quality. So the stronger the credit quality, the more they have to budget for cyber risk preparedness. That's quite interesting to find that preparedness really comes down to what a company can afford. So the bigger companies tend to have the better defenses. Jonathan, maybe we could turn to you, hear what you found. First, what exactly are the basic commodities sectors? Hey, Jeff. Yeah, that's a good question. So these are companies that focus on the production and transformation of basic commodities. So in the report, we've divided them into four categories, chemicals, paper and forest products, metals and mining, and other basic industries, which is essentially segments that are too small to categorize. There's not necessarily all household names, but the group definitely includes some enormous companies. Sounds like these aren't companies that have a whole lot of personal data from consumers. Why would they be a target for cyber criminals? I think most companies face some form of cyber risk, even those that produce commodities. So our surveys showed that the risk for basic commodities companies are still present, even though they don't have access to things like medical information and bank account numbers from consumers. Attacks can still disrupt supply chains and logistics by targeting their operational technology or their IT infrastructure, hampering company operations, or potentially leading to data leaks. The public doesn't always hear about these cyber incidents either, and our surveys show that only around 10% of these companies had a cyber event that rose to the threshold where they actually had to issue a public notice or a press release. Did you find that they are addressing that risk overall? They are, but with gaps and lags in certain areas. So 89 companies responded to our survey, mostly based in North America and Europe, and we generally found that there were gaps in their preparedness. There's this traditional perception that these companies don't face all that much cyber risk, which may be true relative to other sectors, but almost half of the companies surveyed reported at least one cyber incident to their board of directors sometime during the previous two years. Uh, that's pretty eye-opening. Did you find differences among different types of basic commodities producers? The metals and mining subsector seemed to face the highest number of incidents, with more than half of companies surveyed reporting cyber incidents to the board of directors in the two years before the survey, which was higher than the other subsectors. There were some signs that the amount that these companies planned on spending on cybersecurity was slowing compared to other subsectors moving forward as well. So if the basic commodities producers are not always as prepared as companies in other more visible sectors, are they doing anything about it? It definitely seems like it. Budgets and staff devoted to cybersecurity appear to be expanding based on the survey results. But as with anything, it's a process. We found that the sector expanded significantly their spending a few years ago, with cyber budgets rising by over a third between 2018 and 19. The pace still appears to be growing, but at a slower rate. Also, most companies have full-time staff devoted to cybersecurity, and we found that those staffing levels appear to be growing. These trends are likely driven by the need to spend money to protect against the financial and reputational damage companies could incur from cyber attacks. There's clearly so much more we could talk about. Jonathan Farah, many thanks for joining us today to tell us about some of your recent cybersecurity findings. 
Luckily, all of our speakers today do talk much more about what they found in their recent reports on cybersecurity. I'd encourage our listeners to read all of our cybersecurity research. You can find it on the Cyber Risks topic page on Moody's.com. I'd also like to mention one other Moody's podcast that's Focus on Finance, which is looking at cyber risk in the financial institutions. We hope you'll be back in about a month for the next episode of Behind the Bonds. Please do like us and subscribe to our podcast. Until then, to our listeners, thank you all for joining us and stay well, everyone.